Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, or reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to invite you to join our free Facebook group, the Creative Agency Clique. We live stream weekly trainings on tactics that will help you simplify and scale your agency. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash FP to join. And now for the show. One of the biggest hurdles in agency life with scale is hiring, being able to bring on people when you need them, to be able to continue to add team members as quick as you need for bringing on new clients. If you don't do it right, you end up hiring too late and they don't have the time to get trained and you get sucked back into the work. So then you're not able to actually bring on more clients again, or you end up in a situation where your delivery team is telling you, we don't have enough team to get this work going. And so please stop selling. And that's just a really horrible place to be. But is there another option? Wouldn't just be a gamble otherwise? Am I not just sticking my finger up in the air and saying, hmm, what do I assume is going to happen today? So this is what Darren and I wanted to chat with you about today so that we can help you be a bit more strategic when it comes to your hiring. So you don't end up making both your life and your team's life a bit miserable in your business. So let's start with kind of a the base information, Darren, of uh, what information do they need so that they can start to guide these decisions in the first place? Well, how much did they enjoy their own free time? (laughs) 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 How much they enjoy doing all the the work themselves? No, I I think realistically it's just like, okay, looking down the road, can I see myself doing all, all of this work that I have coming on my plate? Looking at my pipeline, how many clients can I potentially get looking at my closure rates? Okay. Um, do I have the consistency to hire somebody full time or do I just need somebody to pick up this project here and there? Does it need to be a full blown, you know, team member or does it need to just be, you know, a one-off subcontractor that I can bring on? How long is it going to take to bring these people on and kind of like just the timeline of events, right? Something else I would just take a look at is like, we had a previous episode, which I know everybody listened to about budgets, um, turning, turn, like thinking about when is it strategically right for me to bring on uh, a new person. So those are the, the key metrics I would look at, but in terms of it, you just want to make sure that you're utilizing the data to guide you instead of just your gut, right. And giving them adequate time to be able to adjust to your own company culture, adjust to what the work that they're going to be doing. Um, you don't want to, you know, just throw somebody out in the deep end and say, Hey, I need you to figure this out. This is one of our largest clients and I'm just now putting you on it and I don't and figure it out. Be, be great. Good luck. You know, I'm hiring, you know, I'm hiring you. So, uh, clearly you have all the experience that I'm, I'm looking for and clearly you should be able to do this job without me hiring it. You know, I just met you five minutes ago, but I'm going to trust you with the future of my business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which happens a lot, which is It sad. happens almost every day, I imagine. <laughs> Probably happen for many of you that are listening right now. The thing I think to start with here for me is the distinction and understanding of lead measures versus lag measures, right? Is understanding what action am I taking today that results in an action or result in the future, right? So 
asking yourself, is it website traffic being your primary lead source? And then the time that someone comes to your website and then books a call from the time that they book a call to how long does it take for them to close? And what is the ratio of how many of those traffic visits and booked calls and proposals result in new revenue? What is the average amount of revenue that you get? What are the traffic sources that they're even coming from? Like what exactly? Lifetime value. Yes, I think about the lifetime value of the client. Mm-hmm. To be able to understand how that is actually going to affect how much work you actually have. And as Darren said, previous episode about budget, incredibly important, even when it comes to just project budgeting in the first place, right? So the, here's this kind of rub that happens in a lot of instances and why a lot of agencies wait so long to hire is that in order for you to actually maintain profitability, you have to be at a 80, maybe even 90% utilized. And then you need to kind of fill an entirely other person before you start to make profit. So let's say that 60% or 70% of your utilization is going to require you to maintain profitability on a person. So the moment that you can't hire and bring someone on, you end up having to get someone over 90%, over 100% utilized in order for you to then make sense to bring someone on. And so you're extremely reactive to where you are. And so I'm saying all this not to stress you out and say, well, shit, this is a bad situation, is to have you understand that you need to be thinking about your underutilized time in every single project. That baseline number of hours that someone can work, assuming vacation, sick time, just, you know, unproductive time. It happens every single one of us, sometimes throughout the eight-hour workday, during the week, can get a little daunting and you have less productive time. It's just a reality of human beings in the workforce and understanding that underutilized time and utilized time. And how do you actually take those averages across every project and plan for that barrier between where someone is starting to get to the upper end of echelon and utilized to be able to still afford to maintain profitability while bringing someone else on? Incredibly important to be built into your base financial model of how you're pricing in the first place. My general rule is that you should be planning for a 60% utilization, especially in a high growth phase, so that you always have the financial resource. So you're able to go up from that 60% expense utilization to being able to have someone being at that high end. And this is the upper end that you should get someone to 80% utilization. You have that time frame, or you have that additional utilization. And as you know that you're going to bring on this additional work, you're able to bring someone on at this point in a 40%, 50% utilized. So you have a very short gap of time where you have anything that you actually need to cover, being able to maintain profitability while being able to do it far enough in advance to allow for the training time. The other piece, and maybe throwing a little bit too much at you too fast right now, the other thing that you need to be thinking about that's incredibly important here is the signed contract to launch. Actually, earlier this week, I was having a conversation with an agency that was saying that they had to launch within three or four days of signing an agreement. It's just the industry that they serve, that they couldn't possibly do it. And that's one, it's just not the reality that everyone feels about it. And it's incredibly important that we don't actually do it that way because it just makes things incredibly difficult for your entire team doing that. But understanding the date of sign to the date of launch so that you can ensure that you have the right amount of training time. So the typical time I see is anywhere between three 
to six weeks on the higher end of contract signing to launch date. Let's call it the uh, kind of data soup that we are going to need in order for us to start talking about the next piece. Darren, I don't know if there's anything that you have some comments on or thoughts about what I was just talking about. Yeah. So I guess some questions that I feel like the viewers would probably, or listeners, which probably have for you, is there a baseline revenue number that I need to be at before I even consider hiring anybody? Or is it just a more of a relative thing in terms of, like I said, the lifestyle that I want to live? Well, I would say it, it really depends on, on the service model and like what it is that you're doing. I would say that there's a couple of stages that you need to be thinking about, realistically speaking. So if you're below 100K, you're likely working with contractors. So between the 75,000 to 250,000, you're likely not having hired anyone yet if you are going to hire someone the only person that really you should hire is likely an administrative person to help you remove all the lower value things that you should and shouldn't be doing that are creating a lot of drag down for you. It really is dependent upon the service that you're doing. But at the early stages, especially if you're in this below 250K range in rev, you likely speaking are in the earlier years, months of your agency in the first place. And you're still kind of figuring out what it is that you should and shouldn't be doing as well and need to be need to kind of figure that out first before you start to actually hire people full-time. Contractors are a great solution to that. Once you're above the $250,000 line to half a million dollar line, you need to focus on hiring junior people that can do a lot of the project-oriented kind of grunt work and then starting to look at project management. As you start to go above the $500,000 line a year in revenue, now you're starting to have some bit more baseline data that allows for you to decide who you should be hiring and to what regularity the types of projects that you're working on as well. And ideally, at this point, you have productized what it is that you're doing so that you're able to bit more kind of copy repeat on the projects that you're doing. Okay. So all of the data that you would need that you're saying, time tracking? I would need to know my financials and basically my baseline price for a client that I acquire. I would also need to know what my budget is for kind of the year and kind of a, a strategic plan for who my next hire would be and how much they would cost. Is there anything that you feel like is missing from that equation? Yeah, we need to know the length of time that it takes to close as well. So how much time do I have? So from someone coming in to a proposal, if I've got three proposals, I know one of them is going to close. The average amount of revenue is, let's call it 10K for that particular project per month, we'll say, and then we launch three weeks later. So from today, I know it's going to take me this long to close. I'm going to close one. It's got I've got six weeks before it's going to close, an additional two weeks to launch. So I've got eight weeks from today that I know I've got an additional retainer that's going to start. I'm already at capacity now, so I know that within the next two weeks, I should be giving an offer to someone because I'm going to start to get over capacity. And it's understanding that balance between where I am now and where will I be in the future. And here's the kind of rub and why we started with data is that that data and a lot of it, you're kind of counting, I guess, your chickens in a little bit of a way before they hatch, really. But if you've done it in enough volume and you've collected enough data, you know within a reasonable shadow of a doubt that's what's going to happen. It just has continued to happen time and time and time again. And you should be able to rely on that data with a caveat that you are consistently tracking that information because that does change. And this year, for example, for us, 
we had an average cycle of someone opting in on lead magnets that would take about 10 to 14 days. And now we're 20 days plus now, so it takes a little bit longer, an additional week for someone to book calls with us. And so just knowing how that actually changes, because a week can make a difference and not an incredibly substantial difference, but if it's two weeks and this past year with agencies, I saw a lot of people going from a 30 day average sales cycle to 45 days, 60 days, 90 days even. And that sales cycle change does have a substantial impact to those projections. Okay. Another question that somebody probably would have, what about, or when should they put out the feelers or the job posting uh, to find qualified candidates to join so that they can kind of hit those marks as they come up? So having that lead time as well. Typically about two weeks. So if you are needing to give an offer and you need someone to start, so there's, let's take a kind of work back plan here, right? So you need to be, to realistically speaking, having someone to come in, get trained, understand your way of working, you need to give six weeks of training time. You could get away with four. My recommendation is six. And then you need to give them time in order to give notice at their existing job, right? And then to be able to get them hired and give them an offer in the first place. So you've got six weeks of training, two weeks of notice, and then two weeks of finding. So we're talking 10 weeks from now to hiring that person in this example before you can have that person fully working on a project. So you need to be thinking out reasonably far in advance. Yeah. So like you basically need two and a half months in terms of lead time to be thinking about when to bring on somebody. So that is definitely where that, uh, that budgeting aspect is going to be key in terms of knowing your revenue cycles as well. So if you're currently doing, you know, 10 K and then, you know, okay, we're coming into the hot months when I start closing more, um, I can look towards the end of that cycle to make sure that I have somebody on with that lead time because having that lead time is actually going to be very key, especially uh, when you do close those new clients to be able to have somebody up and onboarded as well. So kind of run that in tandem. And if you are an agency that is growing quite a lot right now, right, you're going 30% plus year over year, you likely should have some component of someone consistently searching for the key roles that you have within your agency, just always looking for new people and having someone reasonably ready to send an offer out now so that you can have them kind of essentially a bench of candidates that you can hire as you need and it'll shorten some of that life cycle because some of you having 8, 10, 12 weeks to plan out to hire someone might be a bit longer than you have. And having someone on a bench to be able to bring that on will shorten that timeline for you. The other thing that a lot of agencies really don't do incredibly well, but the ones that do have a much easier life within the business is when they have an appropriate resource plan. So really a formulaic way of being able to understand how many hours someone should be working on a given project, how many projects is the maximum that this particular individual in this role can handle, and then layering on your proposals on top of it. So here's the potential business that we have. What are the overutilized roles that we have coming up in future? And what can we do to close that gap? Is it going to be a contractor? Is it going to be a full-time team member? Do I have enough work to actually bring on that full-time team member? So having, and there's loads of different softwares that do this from built in, in lots of project managements, from Asana to ClickUp to external softwares like Forecast and Float, for example, 
are all forecasting resourcing plan tools that allow for you to understand when specific roles are going to start to get overutilized and being able to have a greater indicator of what you should be doing. So I've got four proposals that are coming on. Here's the anticipated close date, anticipated start date for each one of these projects. And at what point do I have a resource problem? And then being able to reference back to your budget of, does this make sense? Can I afford it? Do I have the cash flow to allow for it? Does this make sense to do? And so with those data points, it allows for you to make a fairly risk, and I don't want to call it risk-free because nothing's risk-free in business, risk-mindful, I guess I will say. Yeah, risk-mitigated decision. That is all the questions that I had. (laughs) Well, I hope for those of you that have found yourself in a situation where you are being sucked back into the business because you don't have the team members you need, your team members are overutilized or are complaining of being overworked, is an incredible amount of risk to your business and to the future reputation that you have as well. I hope that this episode was helpful for you in being able to frame how to be thinking about your hiring plan and what you can do to get ahead of the curve. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char- typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2000 to 3000 Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we want to make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens. Boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's going to work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I want to deliver. And yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks. And I'll see you inside the program. Mm -hmm.